can't get enough of the podcast? Lucky for you, our video IQ platform on adorebeauty.com.au houses thousands of articles on skincare, makeup, hair care, and more. Plus, you can find a heap of video tutorials, ingredient spotlights, and brand breakdowns on our YouTube channel. Just click on Beauty IQ in the menu bar of the website or app or search Adore Beauty on YouTube for more beauty content. Welcome everybody to Beauty IQ, the podcast. I'm your host, Joanna Fleming. And I am your co-host, Hannah First. Um, So I know that last time on last episode, we said that Matt wasn't going to be back for a while. Um, That turned out to be false. Um, He's actually going to be here for a few weeks. Um, Hey, everyone. (laughs) Uh, Hannah has decided to spend a little bit of extra time in Thailand and um, Matt's her fill-in. So apologies if... You don't like him, but... Well, look, I I just think I'm a bit... I'm obviously happy to do this with you, Joe, because, you know, I like Adore Beauty. Yeah. I like the podcast. I like, you know, I like yeah. it all. But um, I'm the producer, by the way. I usually just edit the podcast. But, you know, we've I've been seeing all the hate mail for me being on the podcast, <laughs> and I could have handled that. But I think, you know, a few people have found out where I live, and they're, mm. you know, it, it's not comfortable for me. If as well, I'm trying to say. I should say that you are joking. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm not stepping on anyone's toes here. I'm just, I'm just. Yeah, you're here out of necessity. I'm here out of necessity. I'm just. Look, um, what's on the show for today, Hannah? Uh, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> we usually take longer to do an intro. Yeah. Than no, 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 no. Let's let's do it your up. way. Actually, no. I, I, have, um, I have a few changes for the episode. Um, let's do. Yes. Joe, what do you think of Djokovic? <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want to go down that road. Um, you said you've asked Hannah what her opinion is on MGK and uh, Megan Fox. Has she so, replied to you? Yeah. So I know that Hannah's not here right now, but I have. Uh, sorry, Eddie's just walked into. No, the no, room come, now. come on in, Eddie. Eddie, do you want to come say a quick hello to the listeners? What is your message to all these new people that might find that I'm not to their liking? Well, the one thing you need to know about Matthew Tankard is he's actually allergic to native bees honey. So if you want to send him some envelopes <laughs> and you know disguise it as maybe a bill or something from Eastlink and put some honey in it, he could get an allergic reaction and then you know both of our problems are gone straight away. <laughs> Thanks, Eddie. Great. Glad he made a cameo. Um, yeah, so I messaged Hannah earlier because uh, despite her not being on the podcast, I am still in contact with her. And I did put urgent at the start of this message because uh, everyone announced, like as we record this podcast, everyone announced today that Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox got engaged. So I really know that Hannah's obsessed with them and she sees that as the ultimate relationship goals. So I did message her and say, please let me know your thoughts and I can read it out to listeners because I've even had DMs today being like, what does Hannah think? Hello, everyone from Thailand. I'm extremely relaxed feeling good. I was very unaware of the big un-COVID related news in Australia. They got engaged and I told you, I told you, Joe, you didn't believe me. You just, every single person that I have told that I believe that they have a soul connection has been like, nah, it'll be over. It'll be over in this. I, I am so, so happy for them. And do you know what, Joe? I believe in love and our machine gun Kelly, he is out there for us and we're just going to have to get over the ick, I think, honestly. We'll just have to get over the ick. Uh, Something you wanted to do, Matt, 
in Hannah's absence was just to see what's happening in Thailand and provide a bit of a weather and news report <laughs> for those who are wondering yeah. what's going on in Hannah's world. Yeah, I feel like with the absence of Hannah, we should at least do a bit of a homage to Hannah's life. And based off the information that I get off like the top news in Thailand and the weather, where is she? Copang, Copang Yang. Copang Yang, yeah. Um, we can sort of assume what's going on with her. So yeah. what I've got right now is it's 26 degrees First thing that comes up in Copangyan when you type it in on Google is mm. full moon party. So oh, yeah, that sounds about right. To. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She might have gone somewhere um, else though after that. Yeah, yeah, fair. Oh, the UV is eight. Is the UV levels is eight, so very high. So if Ooh, you can okay. get, if you can let Hannah know about that. Yeah, yeah. No, she'll be wearing a sunscreen and hat. And you know, sunsets at six sixteen p.m. So she's in for a long night. That'll be fun. Yeah. Um, sunrise at six forty. <laughs> so that's almost a full twelve hours. Mm. Um, anyway, Joe, what's on the episode for today? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Today's episode, Matt, uh, we're talking to a bit of a TikTok star at the moment. Uh, we're talking about his eczema journey. And then we are catching up with a good friend of ours, Yads Couchy, who's been on the podcast before, was also co-host of Dermal Diaries to talk about masks and, of course, our products we didn't know we needed. Um, so, Matt, as you know, I really love TikTok. And the reason that I love TikTok is because I discover people that I probably otherwise never would have come across in my life. And I was scrolling the other day and our guest for today's Cringy Convo came up not once, not twice, but three times in the matter of a few days. And I think it was must have been because I was watching his entire videos because I was so intrigued about this process that he was going through. So today we're talking to Jordan Hendy about his journey with eczema. His TikTok is at control skin. So C-T-R-L dot skin. Um, if you want to go and check out his TikTok, welcome to the podcast, Jordan. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. So the things that you're documenting on your TikTok at the moment, probably not something that a lot of people have seen before if they haven't experienced eczema. So can you tell us about your journey with eczema up until this point before you started the process that you're going through now? Yeah, yeah. So I was born with eczema. Like there's photos of me as a kid wearing mitts on my hands just so I wasn't like scratching my face and, and that kind of stuff. So I inherited it from my mum who got it from her grandfather. So thank you very much to them. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, and yeah, essentially I have had it just sort of, I had it in sort of localized areas just like in my um, sort of armpits and like inside the elbows, behind the knees, those kind of things that are quite common with eczema um, to start with. And I had that probably up until I was around about maybe 12, 13 years old. And then it just started to, over time, it started to spread into other areas. And it's sort of the term is it became more generalized um, and it just ended up all over my body. And uh, I had no idea why I was going to the doctor and he just kept giving me more steroids and even gave me more steroids for my face. And then about five or six years ago, I realized that it was actually because I was using the steroids that it had spread over my, all over my skin and got a whole lot worse. So I, what I decided to do was like, all right, I've had enough of this. I'm going cold turkey. I don't care what happens. Um, and I hadn't done any research. It was just purely out of the blue. I just decided I wanted to do it. And then I, what happened was is that my whole body just came out bright red, like oozing. Mm. Um, my, everything was swelled. And pretty quickly, 
Uh, I ended up in hospital because I had two blood infections. Like it was completely out of the blue. I was seeing a naturopath and she was just like, oh, can you like go and get a blood test? I just want to check if you have a parasite. And I went and got a blood test and then I got home and I just got this random call at 1 a.m. I never answered my phone at 1, so I don't even know why, why I did. I think it was a Saturday night. thought my brother was calling me asking for a lift home or something. Um, <laughs> and I answered it and they were like, oh, um, get to the hospital immediately. Like, you, uh, you need to go straight away. And I was like, can, you, can I ask why? Like, I, I just had no idea what was going on it was 1 a.m like that's a pretty rogue time to tell someone to go to the hospital and i said oh like can i just go in the morning um and no you have to go right now so went into er my partner at the time was freaking out i think she even cried a little bit and we'll just like because we they didn't give us any answers so were you feeling unwell at that point or you were like what's going on i'm fine so fine like i was covered in eczema but i was so fine they they gave you no information whatsoever they're like no None. you just need to get to the hospital yeah jesus yeah. Christ. <laughs> yeah it was so out of the blue um and so i got in and then they were like oh you have two blood infections and to this day i still don't really know how serious that is um like i, I think i had strep and staph um, they have like crazy long. I think they're pretty names. serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but I don't even know what they could do to your body. Like I just, I don't know. Glad you got to the hospital in the end. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I ended up in hospital and 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 they had to treat me for those blood infections and I was on a drip for mm. a month just to kill those of antibiotics to kill those. So I would have done awful things for my gut and all of that, but got rid of the uh, yeah. infections. And then while I was there, the doctors were just like, you have to sort out your eczema problem. So did they link the eczema, like you coming off the steroids and I guess having the, the kind of raw red skin as what contributed to you having the blood infections? Yeah, yeah. So okay. because my skin was just so open and our body has like staph yeah. all over it anyway, like staph's everywhere. Yeah. Um, it just managed to get in through the skin and into my my blood um so it was yeah but i I was still at the time i just had no idea like i didn't feel sick i didn't feel anything at all Mm. and they essentially said to me you have to sort out your skin um because they they didn't understand topical steroid withdrawal and these are dermatologists and they're like well certified people that just didn't understand what it was uh and Mm. they i tried to explain it to them i showed them the resources that i'd found online um, of all these different people that have been going through it and they just didn't believe me. They didn't believe it was like actually, mm-hmm. I don't know, they didn't believe it had any merit or I don't know, maybe because mm-hmm. it was coming from me, I had no idea, I'm not a medical professional. So, yeah. Um, and they they told me to um, that I had to go onto it. They convinced my dad, they gave this crazy acronym about how this, what had happened was just a crazy flare um, and I needed to put the fire out with, uh, with steroids and like dad was there with me and he was trying to convince me that I needed to do it. And he was like, he was worried I was going to die essentially. Mm. Um, and so I got back onto the steroids, um, and just went to the like highest strength and my body cleared up and it was amazing. They did that, these wet wraps and all these different things I was in hospital, um, so they're watching over me naturally with this high strength steroids and not using for a long, long time, they cleared up and it all just cleared up and I had mm. beautiful, clear skin. And then as time went on, 
I spoke to some more dermatologists and they were like, you just, you can't continue to use steroids for the rest of your life. And we'll try different things like light therapy and, and whatnot to try and get over mm-hmm. it. Um, and then a couple of years ago, I thought, okay, I'm just going to try and get off steroids again. I'm going to wean off them. And then hopefully by weaning down like the levels of steroid, uh, topical steroids, I would be able to uh, come off it and, and be okay. And hopefully not look like I do now. Um, and unfortunately, as I got down further and further down, my body, my skin started to struggle a bit more and I just pushed on and I thought, okay, if I push on for a, a month with these creams or two months, then I might be okay. But what I sort of found was that once I got to the lowest strength, which is, it's called Sigma Court, you can just buy it over the counter, um, that my body just couldn't hold up. And I went back up to a higher strength one. And then, yeah, a couple of months ago, I just decided, all right, Let's do this properly. Let's try and get through it. I thought Australian summer, it's nice and warm. will keep my skin moist. Maybe I'll be able to get through mm. it. I've now learned that the opposite is true. It'd be way easier to do this in winter. Um, <laughs> but anyway, that's sort of the journey of how I've got to, got to now. Yeah. So what you're doing now is called no moisture therapy. And, you know, from seeing your TikToks and stuff, I it must feel uncomfortable all the time. And I watched one just before of you saying how hard it is not to peel any of the <laughs> skin that's like, I guess, flaking off yeah. because that's that's your whole body at the moment. Yeah. And I'd be exactly the same. I don't know how you manage not to do that. Like is the no picking part the hardest part of this process? It's definitely one of the hardest parts. It's uh, it's fun sometimes actually. Like it's super satisfying. Like on my, mm. on my legs I have these areas where it's just like I just – rub it a little bit and this like giant flake comes off and like anyone who's had sunburn just absolutely loves pulling off that big piece of skin but yeah it is one of the hardest parts scratching is not scratching is really hard and actually Mm. like the just the day-to-day part is really the, the the toughest part it's like I can't even bathe myself like I have to get my partner who's been absolutely amazing through this process and I couldn't do it without her um, but she has to has to bathe me because if I do it myself, I'll just end up pulling off all of my like oh. good skin and just like ripping it. Yeah. I'd come out bleeding like it just. Yeah. So yes, at the moment I can't cook, cleaning like I, all of that kind of stuff. I just I feel like a child mm. again. Like she's constantly looking after me. Um, so that's probably the hardest part, just losing that that independence at the moment. Yeah, I guess it goes to show how important our skin is as a barrier against the environment yeah. because doing those walks and things that make you heat up, obviously with you lacking that um, barrier being intact, you're losing a lot of moisture as well because that's what our skin is designed to do is keep that moisture in yeah. and keep all the pollutants out. And so I imagine there's a lot of struggles involved with that. But can you tell us a little bit more about this no moisture therapy approach that you're using at the moment? When did you start it and kind of like how long is it meant to take until your skin returns to what you would consider normal? There's sort of five or six key things that you got to do. And then the most obvious ones is not using steroid creams. Um, Also Mm -hmm. not using moisturizer. And when I first heard not using moisturizer I thought that was the craziest thing in the world I was just like this like not using moisturizer to treat my skin that's super dry that's just going to be uncomfortable and and not work but essentially what we're trying to do is get our body used to not having those things not relying on the cortisol from the cortisone creams uh, which and the cortisol is what is used to like fight the inflammation that we have in our body for people Mm -hmm. with eczema 
Um, and then the moisturizer, like constantly putting that on every day, our bodies just get so used to it and relying on it that it doesn't actually create its own oils and, and moisture for itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're sort of the two most sort of obvious things, I guess. And then you've also got to reduce your water intake that you have uh, every day. Um, and for someone who, like me, who has sort of around about sort of 70 odd kilos, they, I have to have around about one and a half liters per day. It can sort of fluctuate a little bit, mm-hmm. but that includes the food that we eat as well. So if I have a smoothie, right, um, that's going to have a whole lot of water in it. Like if I have a one liter smoothie or whatever with a bunch of, of fruit, that's going to take up a lot of my water intake for the day. Yeah, wow. Um, so it's, yeah, there's a fair bit of calculating that goes involved. And honestly, I've been pretty lazy with it. Um, but yeah, you've got to really reduce that amount. So it's something that I'm not used to. I'm used to drinking three liters of water a day and then having all this fresh Mm. fruit and veggies and stuff on top. Um, and then on top of that, you've got to do exercise daily for an hour. Um, and that's to help our lymphatic system, which is the system that helps Mm. push the toxins out of our body and puts them in the right places and whatever. Showering, they recommend showering sort of once every three days. And that's only purely purely to get- It'd be hard. (laughs) It is so, so hard. And even like getting in the shower is hard as well. So not showering is hard, but even getting in there is is a battle, mental battle as well. Mm. So yeah, they say just for one to two minutes on really lukewarm water. So in and out super quick. Um, And that's just to sort of prevent the, help prevent the infection because I'm so susceptible to infections at the moment. Mm. Um, And then aiming to sleep between 10 and 2 a.m. every night because that's when we have there's a growth hormone in our bodies that is most active then. And if we're sleeping, it allows it to be most active. They're they're the key elements to follow. So some of them, it's not too many to follow, which is nice, but they are they can be quite brutal. Um, It's definitely a lifestyle change. That's for sure. It definitely seems like super rigorous. Like how, how long did you say you need to do that for? for like the treatment to be effective? So Dr. Sato, um, when he has his patients and he had this patient called um, Tokuko and she's the person that has written a blog about it and shared it with the whole world that sort of made this uh, a possibility for everyone. But she was had this crazy reaction like withdrawal to uh, topical steroids and she'd been using steroids for 50 years, some of the highest strength ones. And she was able to be cleared up in three months by going through this rigorous no moisture treatment. Wow. And usually when you go through topical steroid withdrawal, it takes two to five years. And it is in a lot of ways quite a similar reaction to what I'm having. It is just a brutal, Mm -hmm. bright red, more weeping. I probably found it harder last time I did it than I have this time, Um, probably because I'm more informed and that kind of stuff as well. Mm. But yeah, it's a battle of of going through it for two to five years where you're you're basically debilitated you just can't really do much um whereas this is amazing because it's fast tracking that and you can get it done in three months realistically for me i expect it to take six months probably even longer um just because i'm not there with dr sato um Mm. and i yeah, I'm not actually able to be under his care and he's not able to make suggestions and do things for me. Mm-hmm. So I do expect it to take a little bit longer. So how far into the process are you now? I'm currently about sort of 20 days or so into no moisture treatment. Like I just started it, yeah, around about three weeks ago. Um, okay. And so, yeah, I still got a long way to go. 
unfortunately. Yeah. But it is what it is. For the listeners at home, can you describe how your skin appearance is at the moment and if people have started treating you differently since you've started your no moisture treatment? Uh, yeah, so like the easiest way I can explain it is, I don't know if you guys have ever seen videos of lizards or snakes shedding their skin, um, but it's kind of like that, but a whole lot less satisfying because they came up with clean skin underneath. Um, mm. I'm, I'm essentially head to toe peeling skin but underneath there's just more dry skin coming. Mm -hmm. Some of my friends say that I look like Dr. Connors from um, the latest Spider-Man movie. Um, So, (laughs) which is true. I've had that comment a fair few times. So um, yeah, the easiest way I can describe it is is lizard skin essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's quite a sight. And people stare a little bit more, I think. I haven't noticed it as much. Uh, People in general have been really amazing and I've gone into shops and they just mm-hmm. haven't even blinked an eye, uh, which has been so good. And the support I've had on TikTok has been crazy. Like when I first posted the video, Karis was like, oh, you're probably going to get some backlash and people being mean. But honestly, mm. more like 99.99% of people are being absolutely lovely. So which is which has yeah. been great. But I do constantly get asked, I get, I get told that I'm sunburnt. Like, oh, I went, I went past someone the other day and they're like, slip, slop, slap, mate. And I was just like, come oh on. Oh, my God. <laughs> that would be a severe sunburn situation yes. if you had been. Have, have you found that it's impacted your confidence at all? Uh, I guess a bit. Like, I, I'm not going to the shops or anything like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm pretty used to looking like this. Like, I've been had versions of my body and face looking like this for the last sort of five to 10 years, really. So I'm pretty Mm -hmm. used to it now. Um, If I was constantly worrying about it, then I just wouldn't be able to live. And Mm, exactly, just sort of, I've been lucky to build the resilience up, I guess. For a lot of people, it is, it does really hit their confidence. And some of the messages that I've been receiving have have been so beautiful, but so sad as well um, about people that have, haven't been able to go out they haven't been able to go on public transport or go to school because they're just so worried about it and they've been bullied even which is awful to hear um yeah yeah i've been i've been pretty lucky yeah um do you have any last advice that you would give anyone that's struggling with eczema yeah uh it would honestly be have a look at some resources such as itsand.org um there's also healthy tsw.com and uh scratch that org.uk and the great one for no moisture therapy is uh tokuko's website it's a bit hard to find you just have to search tokuko nmt in google but if you are looking at going through the topical steroid withdrawal process i would definitely look at those resources and educate yourself a lot um, to before you go into them and try and find a doctor that is going to support you because i found one up here and it she's been absolutely amazing and uh, without her sort of support from a medical professional, it just it would make this whole process a lot harder. Um, but they they are hard to find. And if your current doctor or the first doctor you, you go to won't help you too much, there is there is definitely someone out there. I've managed to find someone in Melbourne, find someone up here. They, they are out there. But 
yeah, it is with their help, it is much, much easier. Yeah, I'm sure it makes such a difference having the support from a few different professionals to kind of treat everything holistically. Absolutely. Well, we'll put a link to your um, TikTok in our episode notes and um, probably try and pop those links that you mentioned as well in there too for anyone who's interested to see. But thank you so much for joining us today, Jordan, and talking about your experience and also for sharing it on TikTok because I feel like that's really brave. That platform can be savage at the best of times. I can. I've been so lucky, honestly been so lucky. But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me on and um, I really appreciate it and hopefully can help a couple of people who listen in. Yeah, we'll check back in with you in six months. Sounds good. (laughs) Hopefully I'll be uh, looking nice and clean. So we have another repeat guest back today, one of our absolute favorites of all time, who happened to co-host Dermal Diaries, the podcast, which you can still go and listen to. Welcome back, Yads Couchy. Hello. Thanks for having me again. So for those listeners who are in Canberra, they can uh, look you up on Instagram, Yads Couchy Skin, and uh, find out where to see you. But today we're talking about all different kinds of face masks, not the face masks associated with COVID, just the regular skincare face masks. So I wanted to start off, Yads, can we talk about the differences between all the different kinds of masks that are available on the market? There are so many different face masks now. So I'm going to do a bit of a Mm. generic roundup because we would be here all day. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, people love them as well because they give you that instant wow effect and everybody loves that instant wow effect. So um, we could start with exfoliating masks. So often these use ingredients like enzymes or AHAs and BHAs to exfoliate the skin superficially. These are great for everyone, depending on the chemical exfoliants that are used. So it's important to find one that is actually suited to your skin's needs. Like you wouldn't use a glycolic exfoliating mask on a sensitive skin type. Um, It might be too strong. So it's Mm -hmm. really important to be careful with that one. Um, Clay masks, they're great for oily, combo, congested skin types. They tend to help with the oil production. Really great a couple of times a week. You wouldn't use that every single day. And they work by soaking up the skin's natural oils and bringing it all to the surface. Um, There's hydrating masks. All skin types can tolerate hydrating masks, but they're probably best for dry, dehydrated skin. I'm a combo skin type and I love hydrating masks personally before I do my makeup. Um, So there's different ways Mm. to use them as well. You don't need to use them overnight or at nighttime. Brightening masks, they're really good for people with pigmentation. These might be exfoliating as well, but they might also contain um, tyrosinase inhibiting ingredients, meaning that they're going to prevent the pigment in your skin from getting worse. So they're really great to add into your routine. And sheet masks, we can't forget sheet masks. Everyone loves a sheet mask, um, usually made of like cellulose or fibre and they're infused with a serum. You can get exfoliating sheet masks now, um, but most of them are hydrating ones, I think. And the physical mask basically Mm -hmm. prevents the evaporation of the ingredients and that's Mm -hmm. why you look so glowy and fresh when you use one. Clay mask is something that I get asked about all the time and it's like people don't know that other masks exist apart from clay masks and I think yeah. a lot of people with a drier skin type or even a more sensitized skin tend to use a clay mask because they think it's going to work miracles mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily going to be suitable for every skin type. So as you said, that oily and combo skin, that clay mask is probably going to be most suited to. Do you find the same thing? Yeah. And I find there's different types of clay as well. You know, you can get ones that are a little Mm. bit stronger. Pink clay is actually better for sensitive, drier skin types. But then if you have a sensitive or a drier skin type and you use some of the stronger ones, it's just going to make you, you don't need it. It's going to make your skin concerns Mm. worse. Um, So you've got to find the right mask 
for you. And just because a clay mask is popular, it doesn't mean that you need one in your routine. Exactly. Preach. Yeah. Is that the main thing people need to know about when they're choosing the right mask for them? Is it mainly just their skin type? Um, Yeah. So you do need to know about your skin type and your concerns. If you buy one off an Instagram recommendation, for example, then make sure that that person has the same concerns and skin type as you. But it's also really important to think about um, other products and ingredients in your routine. Mm. You know, for example, you don't want to use an exfoliating mask and then go in with a glycolic toner after or a vitamin A after. You've just got to know every single product in your routine needs to have a purpose. So whatever type of mask you're using, if you're using an exfoliating mask, that has to be the exfoliant step in your routine, if Mm -hmm. that makes sense. And I think it's also really important to think about your skin on the day that you do the mask, just because it's Sunday night and you want to do a mask. If your skin doesn't feel like it needs the exfoliating, an exfoliating mask, use a hydrating one instead. Like listen to your skin on the day that you're doing one. So I feel like Mm -hmm. you need to use one that's appropriate for your skin at the time. I think a mistake a lot of people also make, um, particularly as things become popular on social media, is assuming that a mask is going to be the thing that works miracles and they're not using anything else in their skincare routine. They're splashing their face with water, doing a mask once a week and then thinking that's going to fix, you know, considerable skin concerns. So being Mm. realistic about what a mask can actually do is important as well. And I feel like it's a bit of a self-care thing as well. Like that's why people Mm. love them because they do give you that wow effect. Sometimes it just feels good to do a mask. Yeah. For sure. you got to have time to do it. A mask is not something I'm doing like during the week. <laughs> um, yeah. Since I've been uh, helping the co-hosting duties with Beauty IQ, we've really had to dumb down a lot of the questions because I'm at a significantly <laughs> lower level of skincare intelligence than Joe. Um, so here's a question for you that might be a really stupid question. So we've got face masks. Yeah. Are there such things as body masks? Like, is there any reason why it's just for the face? Is it just because that's what people are prioritizing? Yeah, more? yeah. that's a good question. I get, I get what you, I get what you mean. So nobody even needs. You don't need a body mask. You don't need a face mask either. They're kind of they're not um, a need in a routine. They are a want in a routine. In saying that, though, you can get face masks for your whole body if you really want. I've seen, you know, belly masks for people that are pregnant, bum masks. I'm pretty sure you've got them on Adore Beauty. You've got it. I'm pretty sure you've got a bum mask somewhere. The Isology ones. Yeah, the bum masks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, you can get yeah. hand masks. You can get foot masks. Um, you don't need one, um, but they're a nice to have. And sometimes, you know, I've never tried a bum mask personally, so I don't know what they're like. They're hard to keep on. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I can't imagine. What do you do? What do you do? You've got to lay you down <gasps> and you really do need someone else to apply it because when you're laying down, you can't really apply it properly. And so I, I can imagine it. it hard. But, yeah, I, I feel like as a mum, I use a, a face mask as a self-care thing as well. I love putting on a mask and then I'll run around and do things for my kids, but I can't imagine putting on a bum mask and trying to run around and, and do mm. things. Um, so they're, yeah, they're a nice to have. You don't need them. You don't need a mask in your routine, but it it also depends on the type of mask that you're using. Yep. Mm. I'd say for bacne, like some of those exfoliating or clay masks could be really beneficial. I know that in some clinics they offer like a bacne treatment. Yes. So like you lay the other way on the bed and they do the whole treatment that they would do on your face, but on your back, which is probably a good way of doing it. If you've got someone else that can Mm. apply it, why not? Yes. Yeah, obviously that's why, um, you know, you could do like a glycolic scrub 
on your back if someone else helps you. The Skin Institute one would be amazing mm. for that. Um, I know you can get hydrofacials for the back in clinic as well. They, they're really yep. good for back knee. Um, so, yeah, you can do it all over your body. It just depends what you want to do. Um, now, talk to us about the difference between masks and peels. I don't know that there's a huge difference, especially in the exfoliating side of things. One of my favorite products at the moment, which I think you might like as well, Yads, but I, I can't remember if I'm thinking of someone else, but the Murad, I think it's the Triple C exfoliating facial. Yeah, that's have good. Have you tried that? I have tried that. Yeah, it's very I really briny. like that. I'm surprised that that yeah. works on your skin because you're quite sensitive. I know. You? Yeah, so wow. was I. I was shook because it's got that like physical action as well but for some reason it doesn't irritate my skin at all doesn't leave my skin red or anything and I feel like that is a really good example of a physical scrub that works well and isn't going to harm your skin because I think a lot of people are scared Mm. of physical scrubs still but if you get one that's well formulated it will do wonders um so the difference between a face mask and a peel so clinical peels are a lot stronger they generally remove the outermost layer of the skin and they trigger um, skin regeneration. So there are different depths and they're a lot stronger than face masks. Face masks will Mm -hmm. never compare to clinical strength peels. Um, And you wouldn't Mm. do clinical peels weekly, but you could do a face mask weekly if that's a good way to um, compare the two. Yeah. And obviously the ingredients as well would be quite different. Like the peels that you're having in a clinic is like just the exfoliating ingredient whereas like a peel might have all these uh, sorry a mask might have all these other complementary ingredients in it too yeah definitely you can do you know vitamin a peels and things in clinic and you will peel from that um you know you could peel for a week even whereas i don't think you could really peel a lot from like a a weekly face mask they shouldn't be doing that um if 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 your skin's peeling or it's irritated following a mask it might not be the right one for your skin type I would say. And even products that are labelled like an at-home peel, you shouldn't, your skin shouldn't peel from that either. That should only be something that happens like in a clinic. In a clinic, yeah. I would be very careful with products like that. Um, and mm. because they're marketed, you know, anyone can buy them of any skin type and concern. I'd always get a consultation with a, a dermal therapist or a clinician first. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously you're going to get better results in clinic than you would, you know, blindly shopping for um, a chemical peel online. I would not recommend that. <laughs> yeah. So as I was saying before, obviously the type of face mask that people use will be specific to their concern and their skin type. But Yads, what are your favourites? Do you have any broad recommendations for your favourite type of face masks? Um, the Aspect Probiotic Mask is one of my all-time favourites. You can use that as a 10-minute mask before you do your makeup. It's a hydrating mask. It's also very anti-inflammatory. You can sleep in it. You can use it as a moisturiser if your skin barrier is feeling a little bit impaired. The Niod Flavanone Mud Mask, I think it's called, um, that's a clay mask. It gives your skin a little bit of a tingle. I would be very careful with this mask if you're using any other act- – I wouldn't use it, actually, with any other actives into your, in your routine – Stings a little bit, really great for oily skin, um, but it's also got anti-inflammatory components to it as well. So while it does tingle a little bit, the results are worth it. It's it's just so brightening. Your skin feels healthy, balanced. It's such a great mask. I also love the Societe Peptide Sheet Masks. They're so expensive mm-hmm. though. I'm sorry, everyone. Um, I think they're 165 the eye mask. There's two different ones. There's a full face one and then there's under eye masks as well. So when I was mm-hmm. a, a, a new mum and I had a newborn, I used to just buy these and not use them all the time, but just whenever I had a really bad night, I would pop one in the fridge. I would just, you know, use one the morning after and it just instantly makes you look awake, feel awake. Um, they're actually designed to be used post 
clinical treatment. Um, so you can use it if you go get a needling treatment and you want to use a sheet mask um, to help your skin heal. They're really great for that, but they're amazing. They're just really expensive. So I always say they're like emergency situation masks. Um, <laughs> and another one that I'm loving at the moment is the Osmosis Cranberry Exfoliating Mask. That's a light enzyme mask. It instantly brightens your skin if you're after a face mask that gives you that instant wow effect, which we all love. Um, this is great for every single skin type, sensitive, uh, dry, dehydrated. Um, if you don't tolerate uh, acids really well, this would be a good one for you to try. I haven't tried the osmosis one. I'm going to have to give that a crack. I've tried other, mm. you know, sometimes because I have a normal combo skin, I do like the stronger masks. Um, but sometimes mm. if you've got other active ingredients in your routine and you're using a glycolic toner or you're using a strong retinol, sometimes you don't need to have a, a, any other strong products in your routine. And so, but you still want a yeah. bit of a refresh or, you know, you, you want to have that exfoliating mask once a week, let's say use an mm. enzyme. They're really great for that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, thanks for chatting to us about masks and I'm sure we'll have you back on the show soon. Okay. No worries. Thanks for having me. product we didn't know we needed <laughs> go on do tell i'm talking about something i've been using for a while it is the 11 sea salt texture spray and i think it's because when i was younger i used to use hairspray mm. all the time and definitely not because i needed to like i wasn't styling it in any particular way i think i just wanted to add some volume to my hair or yeah. make it not look like i just come out of the shower and mm-hmm. shampooed it yeah boys have this thing about their hair looking fluffy what's up with that well i, I mean because i look like like judge judy when i like um, <laughs> wash my hair this looks so stupid it's such a bad look um so to get away with that i do the sea salt texture spray okay is this an aerosol spray or it's an a wet spray it's just like a wet i'm just spray. trying to imagine yeah. in my yeah. head i'm picturing it okay yeah yeah so it's in the like a smaller bottle yeah yeah yeah, yeah okay i know yeah. one I like to, uh, you know, have a shower, like let it um, air dry for a little bit. And before mm-hmm. it's completely dry, I'll just chuck a bit of sea salt spray in there. And then next thing you know, it looks like I've been straight to Bondi Beach. Um, I do love a sea salt spray because I think it's very versatile. And a lot of people, I don't think, use them to their full potential. Like you can spray in your hair while it's still damp. You can do it while it's dry. I use it to slick my hair back. So when I do really slick ponytails, I use the sea salt spray as like a holding spray. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's like my trick to get like shiny pull back hair. I use a little bit of um, sea salt spray on a toothbrush and I use that to put all of my, not the same toothbrush I use in my mouth, but sure. yeah, to get all the flyaways yeah. away. Uh, yeah. That's my product. I didn't know I needed. Joe, what's yours? Uh, mine is the Aven A Oxidative Antioxidant Defense Serum. Uh, now this is a, as the name suggests, an antioxidant serum. I had been actually recommended this by one of my friends who I gave a sample of this. No, she got a sample in her order and then she made me order this for her. And she was like, it's such a nice serum. You should try it. And I'd never really gotten around to it. And then I ran out of um, my vitamin C and I had this one sitting there. And so I thought, no, I'm just going to give this a crack because Jess said it was good. So started using it. Firstly, amazing texture. So light and hydrating it just leaves the skin looking really glowy and it feels nice on the skin smells amazing um don't know i mean i've been using it for a few weeks now every single day like in replacement of a vitamin c i mean it is a vitamin c serum technically but um in replacement of my usual c i can't say i've noticed an 
amazing difference in like my skin clarity, but I'm not really using it to treat pigmentation. I'm using it just to like for the antioxidant benefits. So I don't know whether I'm actually going to notice a difference on my skin, but it certainly feels hydrated and it's pleasant to use. And then I just put my SPF over the top of that. And that's all I need because I find that it's hydrating enough that I don't actually need to put a moisturizer between my serum and my SPF. Um, So it's got vitamin C and E in it. They're both gradual release vitamins. So um, one's pre-tocopherol and one's uh, and the vitamin C is ascorbyl glucoside. Um, and then it's got some other antioxidants and hyaluronic acid in there too. So definitely a hydrating serum as well as being an antioxidant serum. Um, and it's only 60 bucks. So if you're on a bit of a budget with your actives, then I would say this is probably a good option to try. I really love Aven products. I've got so many of them on rotation, uh, especially the thermal spring water in summer. Nothing can replicate the feeling of spraying that spray on your face when you've been out for a run or you've been at the beach or something and you're really hot and you come home and you just spritz that on your face. Oh, mm. anyway, you got a cat over the break. Yes. Yeah. She shit all over my bed. Um, <laughs> the people at the shelter told me that she was litter trained and that i can use whatever litter i want and she'll use anything like she's not fussy yeah and i'm just trying to i'm doing the whole thing where i'm sort of like digging into it myself as well to show that she can do it and i'm trying to get her paws to do it and she doesn't want to do it and then while i'm doing that she just runs into my room takes a on my bed like on the mattress (laughs) and then she tries like you know how they like try to hide it in dirt she like puts her like so she like started doing that but she's just like wetting her paws all over and she's like running around the house oh yeah i just don't know what to name her it's been a few days now and nothing's come to me but i don't want to rush it you know why don't we get the listeners to name her yeah how about that why don't we get some like people to send in some send in some suggestions and go through it next week but we'll get a picture of her up as well, just to, yes. for a bit of reference. I'm thinking maybe limousine. Call it limo. Yeah, let's put it on Adore's stories. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's put it on Adore's stories and with a photo of her and people can put in their name suggestions. Oh, my God, that's such a good idea. Well, I love that this podcast has turned into cat chat. Um, I wish Hannah would want to talk about cats with me more. But, uh, Matt, on next week's podcast, we're going to talk about the issues with Apple's AirPods Pro that I'm currently experiencing. Yeah. Uh, we've given them a lot of free PR on this show and I've got a bone to pick with them. So we'll discuss that one next week, though. Yeah, exactly. Um, Apple have always relied on our advertising. Oh, 100%. They need us. We could ruin them. Let me just say this. After next week's episode, if you've got stocks in Apple, just now would be a good time to sell. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends. It helps other people to discover us. And also, we really want to know what you thought about this podcast. So if you can leave us a review, that would be much appreciated. Bye.